0: Hey everybody, welcome to home Recording made MadeEasy.com podcast. I'm your host, David Vignola, and this week is episode five. Thank you so much for coming back for another episode. This week we're gonna talk to all of our brand new home studio business owners. We're gonna talk about the topic of how to get your first clients. I get asked this question an awful lot by people who just started their home studio business and they want to know how do I get clients? I'm gonna give you six tips this week on how to get clients. We're also gonna answer a couple of questions in this week's mailbag segment and much, much more. So, thank you so much for joining me. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. So, now let's get into how do I get my first clients as a home studio business owner right here on the home recording made easy.com podcast. Okay, so this week we're going to talk about you're a new studio business owner, home studio business owner. How do I get my first clients? How do I start? There's so much competition out there, Dave. I don't know where to start. I see so many people online doing this. How do I compete? What do I do? I'm not sure what to do. What are the first steps to getting my first clients? And we're going to answer that. So I have six things that I think you really want to consider. Now there's many more things you can consider beyond these six, but I think these six are probably the things that you ought to try to do first They're the things you want to focus on first and make sure you have really dialed in. And if you do these six things, you will absolutely get some clients, no question about it. And as you start to get your first couple of clients, your work, if it's good work, and it has to be good work, right? um, Your reputation will start to build. And that first client or second client will turn into a third and a fourth and fifth and sixth and so on and so forth. So let's talk about that. So the very first thing I want to tell you that In today's day and age, in the year 2020, you need to have a very professional-looking, but yet simple website of your own, aside from Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and those kinds of social media platforms. So the mistake that I see some of my students make that start getting into this, they don't realize that... Or they think that just by creating a Facebook page for my studio or creating an Instagram account for my studio or Twitter account, that that is enough. And although social media is great, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes, um, it is super important that you have your own website today, aside from those things, your own .com, okay? So you're going to be studioxyz.com or studiowhatever.com. You want to have your own .com? You want to have your own domain name, which is very affordable, less than 20 bucks a year. And in most cases, even less than 10 bucks a year. You want to have good, reliable, underline the word reliable, hosting. Be careful of setting up your website on some of these fly-by-night companies where the site doesn't work well and it doesn't load fast enough and it does it, it works kind of clunky. Um, I've used over many years, I've used GoDaddy as mine. I'm not... You know, affiliated with them, they're not sponsoring this podcast, but I've had good luck with GoDaddy hosting. I know there's others and there's lots of them out there. Do some of your research on what web hosting services will work for you, Um, and you're going to spend a few bucks. Okay, don't think you can do stuff for free on free websites. Although, if you're going to be a business, I, I don't recommend that you do things for free that way because you usually get what you pay for. Be prepared to spend a few bucks. Be prepared to spend ten or twenty bucks or thirty bucks a month, and you can do it for less than thirty, for a very um, small amount of you know bandwidth. <clears throat> pardon me, um, and space, um, to get yourself a professional-looking website. Okay, when I say professional, well, what does that mean? Again, do some research. Today's day and age, these website companies, you know, you can build a website. Again, I'm only going to use GoDaddy as an example because I've used them before, although my site hasn't been on GoDaddy in a while because I do more digital products. But when I was a recording studio and a tracking studio, I did things through GoDaddy, and I used a lot of their website building tools that were part of my monthly hosting package, which, again, was less than 30 bucks a month. And you can build a really professional-looking website without knowing anything about coding or website development with all the free tools that are out there today, again, whether it's GoDaddy, whether it's uh, you know Ho- Gator Host or some of these other ones, uh, Squarespace, check those out, okay? You want your site to look professional. You don't want it to look like you don't know what you're doing. Go out, look at other people's websites, recording studio websites in your area, and try to make yours look equally as good, if not better. You want to have your own website, okay? The reason why you just don't want to have social media platforms as your main website is because those things are here today. They're gone tomorrow. We don't think about those things. We think things like Facebook are going to be around forever, and Facebook is so popular, and everybody's on Facebook. Yeah, that's true, and you want to be on Facebook. But you want your main hub to be something that you control, not something that Facebook controls or Instagram controls, which is Facebook, or YouTube, which is Google. You don't want to use those as the main site because as the rules of the game change, they're going to make you change along with them. You don't have any control. You don't have any choice. So get yourself your own website. That's super important. Before you start advertising, before you start telling people that you're a studio, you need to give, you need to tell them well, where to go to check out your stuff, to check out your site, to check out what you have to offer. And first impressions are everything. When they land on that homepage, studioxyz.com, it better look pro. If you can't do it even with the free tools because that's not your thing, spend a few bucks and find someone that to help you design a website. Now, your website doesn't have to be 50 pages long but you need to have a nice looking homepage. It should attract people's attention as soon as they land on it. Clean, simple, easy to read, no banners or ads or flashy things going on. Make it simple, easy to navigate. You want to have an about us section, right? So people can learn a little bit about you, okay? A contact link, obviously at the top of the page with an email address, okay? And then maybe we'll talk about in a second, um, a page for... Um, your portfolio. If you're going to be a mixing engineer, mixes that you've done recently, you're going to be a recording engineer, things that you've recorded, you know, recently, whatever you're selling, as far as your service, you want to have a portfolio page so people can um, see what kind of work that you could turn out. Okay, that's bare minimum. So we're talking about a three-page website, maybe four. Yes, you could put it all on one homepage. You can have different sections as you scroll down the homepage. You can have those different sections that we talked about. However you want to do it. But go do some research. Look at other websites, things that are that are impressive to you. And copy some of the formatting. Don't steal someone's idea, but copy some of the formatting on how your website should look, okay? So that's super important. Professional-looking website doesn't need to be big, but it needs to be a com of something of your own, not just a Facebook page, Instagram page, or um, YouTube channel. That should not be your main site. Now, tip number two, talking about social media. You want to be on social media, Right? You don't want it to be your main website, but we want to advertise, market, and be out in the social media world. Today, as of the recording of this podcast, Instagram, Facebook are the big ones. A YouTube channel is another big one. Twitter is the fourth big one. And there's other things like Periscope and some other ones. But those are the four main ones. But here's my tip for you. Only be on the social media platforms that you can actually maintain consistently it does you no good. It actually hurts you as a business and getting clients. If you have a Facebook page, you have it updated in a year. So we have xyzstudio.com, and now we have a Facebook page, XYZ Studio. XYZ Studio needs to have fresh content on it at least a couple of times a month, whether it's a new mix that you just did, whether it's some pictures of your studio that you're working on, whether you're talking about a piece of gear in your studio, whatever. But you need to have social media, but only the stuff that you can maintain. If you don't have the time or the desire or the effort put in to upkeeping a a Facebook page or an Instagram page updated, then guess what? Don't do those platforms because it hurts you more than it helps you. Now, I would highly suggest that you do a Facebook page, your main website at the minimum. Instagram, take it or leave it. Twitter. Twitter. Take it or leave it, unless you have a lot of followers. Um, those I found for me are not the biggest, you know, the biggest uh, players for my recording studio. Facebook was the big one. And then YouTube. If you could do another one, do YouTube. If you like creating video, videos and content about you working in your studio, those kinds of things, that's another really big one. But once again, only do the stuff that you can maintain on a regular basis. Here's another tip talking about social media. Use social media for business only. Do not mix your personal profiles, let's say on Facebook, with your business. Bad idea. If you want to be taken seriously as a business, even if it's a home studio business, you're still a business. You don't want mixing your personal stuff with your business stuff. And here's another little side tip for you, especially in today's day and age, in 2020, and probably moving forward, depending on when you're listening to this. Be very careful on your personal social media like Facebook, let's say you have XYZ Studio Facebook page, and then you also have John Doe is your personal page. Do not be posting any too many things that are controversial, political in nature, religious in nature, things that you know uh, trigger uh, different types of people. In other words, be very careful. Be a little more PC on social media. Now, people say, "Oh, PC, politically correct." Everyone gets their panties in a bunch, but I'm telling you, as a business person. If John Doe posts a lot of, you know, political, has a lot of strong political views and likes to argue with people online and so on and so forth, and likes to, you know, spout about all your personal views and be very confrontational on your personal Facebook page, people that see that can, they can find out today that you are XYZ Studios. So, in other words, your business. Uh, page ties back to your personal page. And when a client is kind of scoping you out, people today, Google people, people today, check these things out. And I would just caution you to be careful. If you're trying to run a successful business and build a successful business, be careful with social media and what you post, especially if it's on and do not mix your personal and your business pages together. Okay. That will hurt you more than it helps you. Okay, it's unfortunate and that's the way it is. And I know freedom of speech and I know all that stuff. Believe me, this is not a political podcast, but I'm just telling you from someone who has seen it happen to multiple people who could never get out of the starting blocks of building a home studio business because they were so aggressive on social media. And it just got to the point where people didn't want to work with them. Companies didn't want to work with them. They never got out of the starting gate because they let their personal views be so widely known that you alienated 50% of your potential customers, right? So that's a tip for you. So that's all I want to say about social media. So that's tip number two. Tip number three, as I said a few minutes ago, make sure you have a portfolio of the sound examples or the work, you're showing your work on your website and also now sharing it to your social media pages so people can see it, of what kind of quality that you can turn out so people know and customers know, hey, I'm gonna hire Dave to mix one of my songs. Well, if I'm advertising myself as a mixing engineer, then I better be able to have decent mixes on my website so people can listen to that and say, here's what Dave's ability is. And constantly update that and refresh it as you get better in your skills as an engineer, whether it's mixing, producing, recording, mastering, whatever it is, training, whatever it is. Make sure you're constantly updating that stuff with your latest and greatest stuff. And don't put anything on that portfolio page that is quote unquote subpar or is not your best work. And the only one that knows whether it's your best work or not is you, (laughs) right? So be very careful about that. Again, think of your website and your portfolio page as your business card. That is the first thing people are going to see, the first thing people can potentially listen to, and you want to put your best foot forward. Super important. Okay, so that's tip number three. Tip number four, network, network, network. Did I say network? <laughs> okay, super important. You've heard this a million times. It is so true. It's It's one of the things that is absolutely free. It doesn't cost you anything except a little bit of your time. But the more friends and people and colleagues that you make in and out of the music, you know, business, or if you're looking for musicians in the musician world world of musicians, the more work in the and the quicker people are gonna know who you are. Okay. So when I say networking, if you're someone that wants to be attracting studio, you want to track local bands. When bands are coming and recording your home studio, then you better be going to all the local venues in your area every single weekend that there's live music. You want to be out there shaking hands and kissing babies, as they say, handing out business cards, letting people know who you are. OK, make sure you have business cards with your website on it. And you mentioned that earlier. OK. OK spend $20 get 500 cards at vistaprint.com and you can you can do this really inexpensively but get out into the into the clubs get out into the venues find the bands where they are meet them introduce yourself so on and so forth if you want to get bands into your studio for example if you're someone that just wants to mix music both for local and all people from all over the world cuz you can reach a lot of people on the internet There may be what you want to do is create yourself a YouTube channel, do some mixing tutorials and use that as a way to build knowledge or build, you know, excitement about your ability as a mixing engineer. Reach out to other Facebook groups and other YouTube channels of people in your industry that may not be doing exactly what you're doing, but try to collaborate with folks. Okay. just network with as many people as you can. You can even even as a brand new studio, even as a nobody a no name in the business, reach out to smaller companies. There are tons of companies out there that are in the music business that are small little companies, little small plug in companies, small gear manufacturers that would be more than happy to work with someone that's starting up because maybe they're a smaller company themselves. Figure out a way to collaborate on something. And as you get bigger and you get more known and you get a bigger following, you can reach out to more of the more, um, you know, the more uh, known companies, if you will, depending on what you're doing. Right. If you're a tracking engineer, again, I'm going to go back to recording bands. Maybe you're, you're reaching out to small microphone manufacturers, you know, try out a couple of mics. They'll send you some stuff. You can demo some stuff. You can do some things. You can create some content. Okay, if you're a mixing engineer and that's your main gig, reach out to small plugging companies. I did this when I first started. I had lots of people that wanted that were that were willing to work with me. And I was a nobody. Now, I didn't have the famous companies like, uh, you know, the big name companies that we all know and love. That took me a while to get to that point to be able to to attract their attention. But there's a lot of startup companies, a lot of small companies do a lot of great things, make lots of cool gear, lots of cool products. You can always reach out to them. And you can work with them. So, network with musicians, network with companies in the music business, network, network, network. And when you're networking, just don't be looking for, well, what can I get from these people? Look for a way to collaborate together. How can they help you? How can you help them? Now, I know when you're first starting out and you're nobody, you don't have anything to offer, but you'd be surprised. Think about what maybe you can offer. You know, uh, if you're reaching out to, you know, a company that makes microphones and you like tracking drums and you want to reach out to a company, get some cool drum microphones. You can offer to create some videos for a YouTube channel that you're going to have for your studio and you're going to do some free YouTube demos for their microphones or promote their microphone. And in turn, they're going to let you borrow that micro- those microphones, maybe give them to you at a discounted price. Uh, so you can not only have their microphones to create content, so you have some content ideas. And then you can also show off your work, your recording chops of how you, record drum kits, for example. See, so they're getting free content. You're getting some microphones so you can, you know, you can create that content and you can get your name out there. Be creative. There's lots of ways you can do it, but network, network, network. Okay. Tip number five, doing free work is always a good way to get started to get future opportunities. So what do I mean by that? So I said earlier, if you're someone that wants to work with local artists, you go out to the local bars every Friday and Saturday night, and I mean every Friday and Saturday night, and meet people, shake hands, kiss babies, hand out business cards. Find a couple of artists that you really like, you really admire, things that you go, wow, these guys sound great live, I'd love to record this band or this uh, singer-songwriter. Offer to record, offer them three or four hours of your studio time for free. You know, I, that's how I started. I recorded many artists for free when I first got started. You say, come on in, record a tune, you know, for four hours or however long. And the deal is they get free studio time. You get to practice recording. And then you. the deal is you get to use that recording on your portfolio page on your website. You'd be surprised how many artists would be willing to do that, you know. And then once they have a good experience in your studio and you treat them well and you turn out a great product, when they want to come back and record their you know, their EP in six months, they're going to do an EP. They may call you for that business. Now you can charge them some money. So part of the networking and developing a relationship is doing some free work to get your name out there, right? There's nothing wrong with doing some free work. If it just costs you a little bit of time, you can do that. Now, be careful. You're not doing that forever. You don't want to have a reputation as I'm the free guy <laughs> or the free gal. You know, you're know, you a business. You need to make money. You need to put food on the table. I get it. But when you're first starting, hopefully you already have another job, and this is like a supplement income when you're first starting, and we'll talk a little bit about that in future uh, podcasts. But you can do some work for free just to get started. So consider that. Don't think of that as a bad thing. You'd be surprised how much free work I did early on and it turned into big paying gigs for me down the road and it got my name in front of a lot of people that would have otherwise. If I didn't develop that connection, network that relationship, offer them something for free and in turn down the road it paid off big time. So think about that. And the, excuse me, and the last tip, tip number six is kind of a bonus tip. We said five tips. This is gonna give you six, tip number six. Tip number six is just be cool, man. (laughs) Be a good hang. I'm sure you've heard that before. What does that mean? Be nice to people. Be kind to people. Always try to help other people before you expect them to help you. If you're in a networking situation, you're in a studio situation with musicians, be cool. Just be easy to work with. Be a good hang. Don't have an ego trip. Just be an easy person to be around because musicians and when you're in this in the music business you want to be around people that are fun and easy to be around. You don't want this to turn the creative process to turn into a into a real pain in the butt because people are just not easy to be around. So, one of the and that's probably to be honest with you, one of the most important things that I you can take away from this podcast is that last thing. You could do all five things that I mentioned before that, and if you're a real drag You're going to have a hard time getting clients and getting people to want to work with you. If you're missing some of the five things I mentioned a little early on, or you're not up to snuff on everything, but you're doing everything, you're trying, and you're just a cool, easy person to work with that's helpful, that's appreciative, that's kind, that's not looking to take something from someone all the time. You're looking to give more than you receive. I'm sure you've heard that before. People will work with you. Trust me. Okay? I'm living proof of that. And it may not pay off today, but those things are going to pay off in the very near future. And you'd be surprised how much of a payoff that really happens. Okay, so there are six tips to getting your first clients. Again, rewind the podcast and listen to them again if you need to. But if you do those six things, I promise you, you are not going to have problems starting up your business as long as you could turn out good quality work. And we'll turn a bit, talk about what does that really mean in a future episode. But those six tips will get you going in the right direction. So now let's head on over to this week's mailbag and let's answer a couple of your questions. Okay, so in this week's mailbag, we're going to answer a question that came in that kind of relates perfectly to this uh, podcast episode. And it comes in from John. And John wants to know Hey, Dave, I just started my home studio business. I'm mostly going to be focusing on mixing. Um, and I want to be able to mix records for people that are not just in my local area, but from all over the world using the internet as a way to market myself. But the big question is I'm really unsure on how much I should be charging to mix a song. Do you have any advice for me? I don't want to overcharge so people won't work with me because I'm new but I don't want to undercharge because I feel like my time is valuable. Any help you can give me, um, what I really would appreciate. Thank you so much. Well, thanks, Sean, for writing it. That's a great question, and that that is, you know, something that I was going to save, actually, for an entirely other podcast episode. But let me try to answer. So you're absolutely right. One of the biggest things, well, how much do I charge? You know, I'm brand new. Am I good enough to charge money? You talked about doing free work early on. Should I always be doing free work? Well, let me first tell you, how I did it. When I first, and then you can kind of follow this, this I think will work for you if you kind of follow what I kind of did. I made a decision very early on that I was not gonna do. I was gonna do some free work to get some free clients, but I wanted to be very, very careful about after having a few of those um, experiences and I've built up a portfolio, especially in mixing, and I did a few songs for a few bands, artists that I really liked, songs that were really well written, and I turned out some what I felt at that time were some really good mixes. But I wanted to break away from doing things for free and I wanted to charge money. And you said, well how much do I charge? Well, basically what I did is I did a bunch of research online. I searched for people mixing engineers, not famous mixing engineers, people that, you know, aren't that are are not mixing Grammy, you know, Grammy uh, award winning, you know, records. You're not in that level. Right. You, You know, you're just starting off. So independent indie mixers, people that have home studios just like you. Search around. What is the going rate? And then I just want to be competitive. I want to listen to their music in their portfolio and say, compare theirs to mine. Ask some friends to compare your mixes to maybe some of their mixes and then use their price guide as kind of a, a gauge of how much you should be charging. OK, and it's important that you charge some money. Now, what I want to what it, what you want to make sure you don't do, and you alluded to this in your question, John, is you don't want to undercharge because you don't want to have reputation of being, you know, someone who, you know, works for dirt cheap. Okay. You want to market yourself as a professional. You know, it's almost like fake it till you make it on some level. You know what I mean? If your work is good. Okay. And it's better than just some, you know, you got to be good. And we're going to talk about how do you get good in future episodes. But if you have good work, you got to make sure you charge appropriately for your time. You don't want to undercharge. So we talk about mixing, for example. I see lots of people, even to this day, that'll mix a song that are for higher for $50 a song. They'll mix your song for 50 bucks. I wouldn't even personally come into my studio and turn the lights on for 50 bucks. When you figure out how long it takes you to mix a song, edit a song, and all that stuff, and let's say, and every song is going to be a little different, we're somewhere around four to five hours to mix a song on the fast side of doing things, okay? And you should time yourself on how long it takes you to mix a song and turn on a good mix. Well, let's say it's four to five hours. If I'm working for 50 bucks, that's 10 bucks an hour. Now, for you, that might be fine. You may say, you know what? I'm just starting off and I'm only looking to make a little extra money on the side. I have a full-time job already. If I can make 10 bucks an hour, that's great. Great, then go ahead and do that. For me, I don't want to make $10 an hour, for a couple of reasons. One, it's not worth my time to work for $10 an hour at that point in my life. And two, I didn't want to be known as the mixing guy that'll do everything for $10 an hour. No professional mixing engineer is going to work for $10 an hour. Now, again, you'll do your research and you'll find out what the number is. Now, whether how much did you charge for a song? Is it 50, not $50? 50 what is it? $200? Is it $300? Is it $400? What do you work for? Well, like I said, once you get beyond the free and you've made some, you know, you did a maybe did a free mix for somebody and now they're going to, you know, they want you to mix the rest of their record, let's say, you can say, okay, well, maybe it's a couple of hundred bucks a song. Maybe it's 250 bucks a song, depending on how many tracks it is and what's really involved. But that's kind of a, a starting point. You negotiate with the artist. You say, look, I, they say I have a three song EP or three song set of songs I want to do. Maybe you charge them for two songs at 200 bucks each and maybe you do the third song for 100 bucks or something like that. Or maybe you mix all three songs for 600 bucks or 500 bucks and you master it for free, okay? There's ways you can negotiate and you can kind of figure out as a starting point what should you charge? There is no exact right or wrong answer. It really depends on two things, supply and demand, <laughs> okay? Right now, there may be a lot of supply. A lot of people need their songs mixed, but you may be in very little demand because you're too small. You're nobody right now, right? You're just starting out, right? So you're gonna charge a little on the lower end. And as you become more popular, and as you be more people come to you and ask you to work on their music, your rates can go up. Right And and I encourage you, every six months, look at your rates. Am I charging enough? Am I working? If I'm working all the time and I'm getting a lot more inquiries, you need to slowly start to raise your rate until you feel like you're being paid for your time. And you're the only one that really can answer that question. But what I want to say to you is you're absolutely right. Do not undercharge for very long. Do a little bit of free work. Do some research. Find out what's fair and appropriate. And don't give your services away just for the sake of giving them away. Be very strategic in that. And again, I know I didn't give you an exact answer and say say, charge $200 because everybody's answer is going to be a little different. But what I would say is always try to conduct yourself and pretend like you're a level or a level higher than you really are, both in your skill set and in your business, and how far your business is, how big your business is. You know, a little of that "fake it till you make it" works wonders. Now, don't be dishonest and don't lie to people, okay? But you still got to be able to turn out really good work. But you 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 can you you don't want to just undersell yourself. And I see so many people that undersell themselves, and that does not. That does you no good and you will never grow. And once you if you do that for too long, what can happen is you could develop a reputation of being the person that does everything on the cheap. And then when you go to raise your prices, nobody wants to work with you. So if you start off at something that's fair and you start to inch it up, you'll find where the sweet spot is. So I hope that answers your question, John. I know it's not an exact answer. It's a tough topic to really talk about, but it really depends on supply and demand. It depends on your skill set and what you feel comfortable with. And the best thing I can tell you is do some research and don't take, don't be the cheapest person on the block, but don't be the most expensive person on the block. Be somewhere in the middle. And if you want some kind of a starting point, I would say 200 to $300 a song is probably the in the average if the song doesn't have 150 tracks and it doesn't have a ton of editing to do and you're doing more mixing than fixing. We're talking about mixing right now. You can say two to three hundred bucks if you're first starting out for a song. If someone has three or four songs, again, charge maybe the first one, do a little bit cheaper, and then if they like what you turned out, raise your prices on the next two songs. Right? So if someone has three songs, do the first one for say 150 bucks. They like that one, do the next one for 250, and the third one for 300 or something like that. And in the end, you have to feel good about it as a business owner. What is your time worth? And I think if you balance all those things you'll find the right answer. So thanks for writing in. Thanks for joining me on this week's Mailbag. And once again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Make sure that you subscribe and you like and you share. It really helps me out tremendously. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or iTunes or anywhere else, your favorite podcast hosting uh, service, make sure you leave me a positive review if you found this helpful in any way, shape, or form. And I want to invite you to come back next week and join me for another episode of the Home Recording Made Easy podcast. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much. Much. Take care.